Every team, every topic, everywhere. This is Believe. Hey, T Cop, how you doing, buddy? What's going on, Biggie? And we're back for episode 12. You know, so back at it. We, we keep it going, right? <laughs> week in, week out. You know, today's show is brought to us by Bet Online, back better than ever, a new web interface for the start of the basketball season, and more props, odds, and lines than ever before. Head to the new updated desktop or mobile website to sign up today and receive your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. Just use our promo code Believe50, B L E A V 50, to receive your bonus. Amen. We had some good football this weekend. Yep. Our Pirates pulled out a close victory. True. My Cowboys bounced back. True. Some teams got beat earlier last week, Thursday night football that we'll get to. Yep. You yep. know, matter of fact, we'll just go ahead and do a shout out to <laughs> whose birthday is it today? Fred. Big Fred. Happy birthday, man. Big Fred is one of our... Uh, Consistent listeners yeah. who likes to chime in his two cents about his Baltimore Ravens. So I don't know if he wants to really talk about that, but we're we gonna definitely touch, we're definitely gonna touch base about it, Fred, for sure. You know, but it's rolling into Thursday night, Ravens versus Miami. Man, when I saw that game, first of all, with people, I don't know if people realize, but the field the, the field conditions was terrible. It looked like it was bad. It was terrible, and. I still feel like the Ravens are a good team. Mm-hmm. I'm not hating on Lamar Jackson or anything like that. Uh, but their defense, I said it before, their defense isn't good enough to play in those conditions. When I say conditions, I'm talking about the field conditions. Well, explain, since you played you know, a lot of football, mm-hmm. talk to people about the, how the turfs and the grass and turf and all that stuff changes up based off weather. So, so first of all, the worst field I ever played on continuously when I played was Philadelphia. Philadelphia had the worst field. And then you can have Miami, too, because it rained down there so much. Mm-hmm. And I don't mm-hmm. think the drainage is that good down there. But so before every game, we got to go outside before the game start, and we got to check our cleats. Because, you know, people now, the cleats that you have now are the molded cleats. Yeah. You know, the cleats are kind of molded into the shoe. Well, some surfaces, you can't wear those. You got to wear, like, the spikes the spikes where you got to actually screw them in. Mm-hmm. Like Attachables. That, that, exactly. Attachables, those yeah. are the ones you have to wear when you're playing on, a, on turf that's terrible. You hate playing in those shoes because they kill your feet, like the bottom of your feet, because you actually can feel the screws <laughs> in the bottom of your feet. Digging into your digging foot. In your feet, in your foot. But, yeah, so the Ravens' defense is not good enough to play in those conditions and still be good. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Because they're just not good enough. Mm-hmm. And I feel like that is the reason why Miami took advantage of them. Uh, and then it slowed more Lamar Jackson down as well. Definitely. You know, so that's how I felt about that game. He, he lost a lot of his cutability. Exactly. And escapability because of the footing wasn't there. Mm-hmm. And so, it, so going back to college days, my worst was Miami. Mm-hmm. Playing down in Miami, yep, and you yep, mentioned it. Yep. It was like the, it was just really thick. Like thick. it was, it made mm-hmm. no sense how thick that grass was. Now, granted, we didn't have a chance anyway. Yeah, you know that team was absolutely loaded, <laughs> so there was nothing that we were gonna do anyway. You know what I mean? We needed an act of God to win that game. Oh, yeah. But um, so it makes good sense. You know, uh, Lamar Jackson. He didn't have the best of days. He was 26 for 43 for 238 mm-hmm. touchdown and uh, one interception. He also rushed the ball nine times for 39 yards. Um, 
their run game was obsolete. In a weather place like that, turf game like that, you have to establish a run game. And they started getting away from the run. They did. They were just trying to – I don't know what they were trying to do. Devontae Freeman had 10 carries for 35 yards. Uh, Devin DuVernay had one for 19, and Le'Veon Bell three for one. See, that's not enough. That's nowhere near enough. Especially in those conditions. You got to have to run the ball. And then the play calling. Like, one thing I saw when they was playing, Miami started going blitz zero. Mm-hmm. Blitz zero. That blitz zero mean where they're going to line everybody up on the line of scrimmage, and the only people that's going to be in the secondary is the guys that's guarding somebody man to man. No middle field safety. So they just blitzing right now. Everybody blitzing. Everybody's man to man. The play calling was terrible because they throwing out breaking routes. When you see a team go blitz zero, you got to go down the field. You got to go through to the middle of the field because ain't nobody there. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? So you got to start working the middle of the field so they can catch it and they can get going. But they were throwing a lot of outbreaking routes. Outbreaking routes. Man, I mean, they fine with that, especially in the conditions it is. Throw the outbreaking route. We just rather make the tackle. Yeah. But if you get the ball completed in the middle of the field where there's no safety there, there's no help, no, help, no linebackers, everybody blitzing. Get them to the ball in the middle of the field. Now he catch it. He gone. Well, you think it was a protection issue? Maybe that's why they were throwing the quick out routes where maybe potentially this is a weakness of Lamar Jackson. The fact is we see the blitz. We don't want to stand in there long enough or he doesn't have the ability to stay to basically stay in there. You know how Roethlisberger stays there all day long and mm-hmm. delivers the ball late? Maybe he doesn't have that. You know what I mean? He don't. So but that's probably why they throw those quick out cutting routes but they to get it out of his hand. They mean quick in cutting routes. Like quick yeah. in cutting, not quick out cutting all the time. You Too know, much reading process. Yeah, because the point of blitz zero is they're gonna bring an extra person that you can't block. Right. So they somebody always coming free, mm-hmm. but the quarterback just got to sit in there knowing he gonna take that hit. Receiver got to get open quicker, but a play got to get made. Let me explain something to the people listening. When they blitz like that, and they blitz one more than you have to block, that extra person becomes responsible. Uh, he, he becomes the quarterback's responsibility. Mm-hmm. So when it sounds crazy to say the quarterback has to block the, uh, the, the extra guy, and when we say that, it means he has to get rid of the ball in order to block that guy. Mm-hmm. So when you have the Peyton Manning's and the Tom Brady's who get rid of the ball so quick, that's how they were successful, but not, and they didn't have the ability to run. Mm-hmm. It's like they see, read, and get rid of it fast, and they block that uncovered man, and that's what we mean by that. So every time a quarterback gets hit, it's not on the O-line. So please understand that, people. Do not blame the offensive line for everything. <laughs> it's not always our fault. You know, going over the stats for the Dolphins, Percet, it was 11 for 23, 156 before he got hurt. Tua comes in, was 8 for 13 for 158. So that was a pretty good showing for Tua. It was. You know, I felt like he kind of saved some, whatever he got left to save of himself because mm-hmm. right now he's looking like a bust. Yep. He's looking like a big-time bust. He came in and stepped up, though. He did. He did his part. And then to beat a good team like that, 22-10, to 10, is pretty solid. Now, the Miami Dolphins approved, what, the 3-7, and seven, and the Ravens dropped down to 6-3. and three. Mm-hmm. You know, moving on to uh, Sunday's football, and I'm definitely going to be proud to bring this back up. My Cowboys <laughs> bounced back, you know, with a big-time win. Well, I ain't going to say a big-time win, but they put up numbers. How about mm-hmm. that? They put up numbers against a terrible Falcons team. And do you believe the Falcons will ever get back to Dirty Bear Falcons? No, not right now. They got. How do you feel about the quarterback situation? I'll, Matt Ryan. It's like the jury's still out on him, man. It's, they still out. Like, I don't know. He's like, been around a long time. I mean, he's... I, I don't know, man. I can't answer that. Like, I, like, like Matt Ryan is a... A, he's been starting for forever, ten plus years, and I think he got. I think he has good numbers. 
the crazy thing about it is, I think he got good numbers, but the teams are just not good. Man, you remember how excited it was to watch Jamal Anderson and them back in the day? Do the little Dirty, the bird, dirty bird Dance. dance. Mm-hmm. Everybody did it at Everybody one point. Everybody did time. it. You had to. Team was a whole tiger. You had to do the Dirty Bird. <laughs> <laughs> you know, but the Cowboys put up, uh, what, what was it, uh, 431 total yards to the Falcons, 214, 317 passing, uh, 114 yards rushing. Uh, time of possession, which we talked about this the past couple of weeks, was 37 mm-hmm. minutes for the Cowboys and 22 minutes for the Falcons, which makes a huge difference. Dak showed up with two, uh, 24 for 31 for 296, two touchdowns. And he even put Cooper Rush in the game. He was 3 for 3 for 17. You know, uh, Tony Pollard was 11 carries for 42. Zeke was 14 carries for 41, which is speaking on that, he's not going to win the rushing title. No, he's not. You know, mm-hmm. and I'm I'm good with that. The boy for the coats <laughs> is still running the ball like he's a madman. The uh, defense, their defense played good. Dallas defense played very well, especially know, catching three interceptions. I mean, my boy Diggs got another one. His dude. I mean, so that's eight or nine on the season. I think Something eight, like that. But he's he does approaching. give up some touchdowns every now and again. He he's he has been getting beat right here lately. So I mean, as a coach, how do you feel about that? Like, he makes plays and gets you the ball back, but they also give up a touchdown. So when do you take him off the field? Or you just got to roll with it and that, hope for the best? You don't take him off the field because at the end of the day, there's no cornerback that hasn't got beat. Even even the great Champ Bailey. Champ Bailey, to me, was probably one of the better corners I've ever seen or went against. But he had no answer for Dwayne Bowe. Dwayne Bowe played with me for Kansas City, and we played against the Broncos twice a year. Mm-hmm. Dwayne Bowe ate his lunch. Every single game, but it was just the way the way both sides was, the way Bo ran his routes. It was he was just his nemesis. Like yeah. everybody got that nemesis. That's that kryptonite. Exactly, huh? and that's what that's what Bo was to uh, Champ Bailey. Man, that's rough, man. But hopefully uh, they'll get it right. C.D. Lamb is emerging as one of the elite receivers in the NFL. How do you mm-hmm. feel? Do you believe that. that he will be the top five? Here in the, probably not this year, maybe next year he might be mentioned in the top five re- receivers. He's he's very good. Don't get me wrong, but he have a great supporting cast. Amari it's, Cooper, Michael Gallup returned from his injuries. Yeah, it's so it's so much that you can do when the team only have one receiver. Mm-hmm. But when they got a stable of receivers like that, it's hard to kind of start doubling certain guys. Yeah, you, you know can. what I'm saying? You can. It's tough. Because I mean, Michael Gallup will show up, and he was like that C.D. Lamb before he got hurt to mm-hmm. Amari Cooper. Mm-hmm. And now you have C.D. Lamb who's turning into Amari Cooper. Amari Cooper's becoming that that Robin to the Batman, and then you still got Michael Gallup that's showing up to be whatever other superhero you could possibly throw in the mm-hmm. mix with Batman and Robin. You know, looking at the Falcons, Matt Ryan, 9 for 21 for 117, two interceptions. It's time for him to go. I just don't understand mm-hmm. why the Falcons, they, they haven't had a good quarterback play since Vic, and that wasn't really that good. You know what I mean? So I don't know. It was exciting. It wasn't that good. They won games, though. They did. What do you call good? Oh, man. Michael Vick was the man in Atlanta. He was. Work done. That running team, back. That team was loaded, though. The, was it Duckett? What was his name? from TJ Duckett. TJ Duckett from uh, Michigan, State. Michigan State. Yeah. Man, come on. It was good. It was good football back then. But I don't know. But nonetheless, my Cowboys won 43-3 to improve to 7-2, and the Falcons fell to 4-5. and So uh, go Cowboys, as usual. Mm-hmm. You know, let's transition over to the uh, the Patriots and Browns. We had on the uh, War Room Podcast Facebook page, mm-hmm. uh, Mr. Barrich asked a question that the Patriots are as good as we seem. And I'm going to let you have this because you've been hollering something every week 
since the season started. So the question was, and I'm going to read his, his question verbatim. It said, is New England better than everyone thought or is Cleveland not as good as everyone thought? That was the question. Mm-hmm. And all I can say is the first game that I seen uh, the Patriots play. They had all that controversy with releasing Cam Newton mm-hmm. and Mac Jones winning the start nod. Yep. The first game I seen him play, I knew he was going to be the man. I knew he was going to be the man because just the way he was making his reads, the way he was sitting in the pocket, he was doing things that veteran quarterbacks do. You know, even though they may wasn't winning early, mm-hmm. but I was just looking at the quarterback. I'm like, this guy is going to be the man. And I think I even brought up a situation where I said, this is how good Belichick is. He found Tom Brady in the sixth round. Mm-hmm. Tom Brady is the GOAT. Now, would Tom Brady been the GOAT without Belichick? I don't think so. I think they needed each other. Right. But for Belichick to turn right back around and get rid of Tom Brady and find another guy that I feel like, I'm going to let me say it, <laughs> that I feel like he's not going to win as many Super Bowls as Tom Brady Nobody has. Nobody will. But his numbers, if he can, if he can have longevity like Tom Brady has, this guy may end up being the GOAT. That's how much I believe in this Matt Jones kid. I almost kid. ended the show right then. I'm telling you. I know it sounds crazy, but I promise you, 15 years from now, you can be like, we're going to go back to the War Room podcast. This episode. <laughs> this episode, we're going this to episode, episode 1,200. <laughs> episode 12. Come back to episode 12, and you can be like, you know what? They was right. They was right. But the Patriots always a good team because they have a great organization. It don't matter. Why you think Belichick can, can pull and plug just random guys into their offense? Like guys you never heard of. They just, just plug them in, in there. Just guys that buy in. Exactly. Like. So if you got a quarterback this good and you plug them into your offense and they already know how to develop quarterbacks, come on, man. This guy, the sky's the limit for him and this team. I mean, speaking of his numbers, Mac Jones was 19 for 23. I mean, four incompletions. That's solid. That's crazy. You know, he had three touchdowns, zero interceptions. Might not have been a big yard day, but, you know, then they got Stevenson, a running back I had never heard of. I mean, I don't even know how to say this. Ramondre is his name. 20 carries for 100 yards. That's five yards per carry, two touchdowns. So two carries to get in the first down. Um, you can't really coach against that. Then they spread the ball out between seven or eight different receivers. Mm-hmm. So that's a good thing that they're doing. You know, Switching over to the Browns, mm-hmm. you know, and that was a two-part question that uh, Barish left on the page. Yep. Which are the Browns not as good as we thought they were? And obviously they're not. They're not. They felt good. like they were trending in the right direction. Yep. And that trending just. Something's going on that honestly, I don't know if it's. Is it the quarterback? I don't know. He was 11 for 21, 73 yards, a touchdown and an interception. And then Case Keenum came in and was 8 for 12 for 81 yards. You really don't – I think what hurt them was the, the, the running back injuries. Mm-hmm. That, that really hurt them to where it messed up their balance. Because that's their game. That's their game plan, yep. running the rock. So now you have Dearness Johnson and Johnny Stanton running the ball. Who are they? Well, one of those kids, they actually – he killed it one game. Yeah, he did. He killed mm-hmm. it. I don't know what he it was, did. I lately. think it was Johnson who killed it. Yeah. But Johnson also had seven catches for 58 yards, so he's doing his part. Jarvis Landry hasn't really had a breakout game since he's been with this season so far. Mm-hmm. And I feel like ultimately when you have someone like Odell Beckham want to leave 
And I don't know if you watched the video. I'll post it on the War Room Facebook page. It showed how many times Odell Beckham was missed mm-hmm. by Baker Mayfield. Yeah. And you can almost say, okay, I understand his frustration and wanting to leave. Mm-hmm. It makes good sense. You know, um, but I'm going to say Baker Mayfield is probably the, the main culprit of why they're not as successful as they should be. You know, he's very arrogant not to produce mm-hmm. as much as he should and how well he should. Like, he has too much confidence in himself. He's almost <laughs> makes me think of the kid uh, White for the Jets. Okay. You know, I don't know yep. if you saw his another one of his posts. No, I didn't. What he said. I mean, the dude is just insane. Like, he's just putting himself out there to be like the guy. <laughs> and I understand his New York marketing, you yeah. know, whatever. He's just trying to get his money, mm-hmm. you know, and I get it. But it's just like he's mentioned about being the GOAT one day. He's mm-hmm. mentioned he's going to break. Uh, Peyton Manning's records. Okay. And then okay. He, what did he say? He said, I should have been the number one overall pick is the last one I saw. Mm-hmm. And I'm just like, dude, like, just play. Yeah. Yep. <laughs> you know, but yep. I feel like he's trying to do some marketing and that, that New York marketing thing to try which to get some money. By him. Which is, you know, speaking of Gardner Minshew when he was with the Jaguars, mm-hmm. that's pretty much what he did. He sold himself and probably got some endorsements off why he was acting with the mullet, the mustache, I'm and all that stuff. A porn, uh, a porn was a website or a porn company offered him a million dollars to take a picture with, so I guess, his underwear on because he had the porn star mustache. <laughs> but, <laughs> but, uh, Minshew? But Minshew. This did he get it? Guy, I don't know. I don't know uh, if he so did you it You got to get that million, man. You got to get that did million. It, but he has to. I heard the offer was there. A million dollars to take a, a photo with some porn stars? No, I don't know with some porn stars. I think a picture of him. Just in his underwear and his, and his underwear stash. with his stash. Man, <laughs> hey, you got to market yourself. Do what you got to do. I don't know how his mama and them felt about it, but hey, a million dollars, a million dollars. A million dollars, a million dollars. some forgiveness for mama with that. <laughs> you know what I mean? So, all right, moving on. We got, what, the 49ers and the Rams. Monday Night Football, right? Yep. Which was... No, no, no. Let's go back. Let's oh, go back. Let's back up. Let's talk. We, we got to talk about my boy Carolina. We got to go. We got to talk about Carolina and the Cardinals. What do you think? Because I know uh, a good friend of mine, Peyton Woolley, he's he's listening to it. He's ready for us to talk about it. And we ain't talked about Carolina in this type of light in a long time. In a positive time. light, in right? A positive light. In, a, in positive a positive light. light you what know? do you think about Carolina now? What do you think about well, it? It's, I don't think they're a better team than what they were a week ago. Okay. But I do feel like it's just a feel-good story, man. Like, I, I'm be honest with you. I'm... I'm I, I posted on the War Room podcast page, Mm -hmm. and it just feels right that Cam Newton is back there. You know what I mean? And I don't even want – I just like I don't really have much to say about the Panthers team and how they played. It's more just about I was happy that Cam has success Mm -hmm. the way he did. Mm -hmm. First two touches were two touchdowns. Mm -hmm. And for them to beat a team as good as the Cardinals have been, because we really haven't said anything negative about the Cardinals. Mm -hmm. There's not a chance in this world. I know when he went back there, not to mention, give myself my credit. That's right. I did did call it. You did call it. I said he's going to come off the couch smoking a fresh cigar and he's going to be back with the Panthers. But Yeah, you said it. You know, it's it's legit. It's mind blowing the fact that the energy level changed Mm -hmm. instantly when he got back. I didn't expect him to play. Mm hmm. I also said, I was like, man, that sucks. His first game back, he got to go play the Cardinals. Mm-hmm. And then to show up, when I see the little highlights, I'm like, man, he scored. Wait a minute, he scored again. Yeah. You know, wait a minute, they winning. Like, yeah. what is going on? Like, you know, what do you think? See, for me, I feel like I feel like it's a, it's a feel-good story. But do I think they're a better team than they were last week? I do. 
I do Explain think to me that. Why do you say that? Not even just because Cam Newton came back, but you got McCaffrey back. And McCaffrey killed it. 13, 13 carries, 95 yards. He killed it. And then he caught the ball 10 times for 66 yards. He does what he does. He does what he does. So to me, I feel like with Cam Newton coming back, giving him that spark of energy, and also Christian McCaffrey, done. he's been out, what, five weeks? Yeah. You know, so him coming back is a big spark as well. But this is the kicker. From my understanding right now, they're trying to make Cam the starter. Cam should not start. Everybody, and I want everybody to listen, even the Panther fans out here, you seen this just like I seen it. God showed everybody the role that Cam Newton needs to play. He showed it to us because it looked so natural. Cam Newton needed to be in the game in goal line situations and certain packages. The Panthers need to use him the same way that Saints used Taysom Hill. Yeah. The exact same way because that boy P.J. Walker, the quarterback for them. 22 for 29, 167. He killed it like he had a great game. Like there is no way that I'm bringing Cam in off the street and I'm going to start him in front of P.J. Walker after P.J. Walker had a type of game that he had. So I feel like God done showed everybody the role that Cam need to play. Now, if the Panthers go against that, it's on the Panthers. It's on the Panthers. I feel like if Cam starts, Cam would not they would not go to the playoffs. That's a lot of pressure. I'm telling you, he don't need to come back and start. At least give the P.J. Walker kid about three more games and see how he goes. Mm-hmm. At least two more games, see how he goes. Well, so I would say this next week, he definitely should start again, P.J. Yeah. Depending how he plays, you get that third one. Then you're looking and running into uh, Buddy coming off IR. Um, what's the kid's name? Darnold? Sam Darnold coming off IR. Darnold's not my quarterback no more. He's done for. You got these two guys and roll with it. I'm rolling with these two guys. And I'm not rolling with Cam because Cam is not the future. P.J. Walker is going to be the future if he continues to develop the way he is because he looks he looked good. He looked good, but Cam is not. And then, and I'm not hating on Cam Payton. I'm not hating on him. But he get two touchdowns. He scored a touchdown, and then all of a sudden, here we go again. He get a flag, a 15-yard flag. Yeah, that kind of pissed me off. Come on, Cam. Come on. See, I want Cam to do some great things, and he's an amazing, he's an amazing football player. He's a great football player. But after he scored – then he get the penalty. Come on. You know what I'm saying? That's not. Like, let's not, still, do it. let's not do any of those antics that were part of. Let's be honest. That were part of you getting sent out of there the first time. Yeah, and, and at the end of the day, I understand that's his personality. He has that just that that outgoing personality. Uh, he has a big personality. I understand that. And it's hard to break somebody from their personality. That is that's just him. And he was back home, too. And he was back home, so I get it. But, man, let's just play ball, bro. Yeah. I like you. Let's just play ball. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? You know, I, was, I was actually impressed with his interviews after the game. Yeah. One, he didn't look like somebody's auntie that was going <laughs> shopping with a convertible top down with them hats and scarves and stuff he wears. Yeah. Which I'm sure he's going to bring it out eventually. Mm-hmm. But, you know, it's... It's still a feel-good story, and I really feel it like is. it feels right. And I feel like you made a great point. They need to use him like they use Taysom. I mean, P.J. is uh, 26 years old. Yeah, He's potentially the future. Sam Darnold has had his opportunity to be a starter in mm-hmm. the NFL. And I think Cam can make P.J. better. Yes. And I think Cam can sustain and, and increase the amount of years he has left by taking a secondary role and just help out when he help out. Now, PJ goes down, mm-hmm. Cam steps up and does his thing. Exactly. Let's roll with the punches. Yep. But other than that, he needs to be number two, and hopefully PJ 
uh, will sustain as a starter and do well this upcoming week as well. So mm-hmm. we'll see how that goes, you know. Now let's go to these Saints and Titans who are again playing without their superstar, mm-hmm. which is Derrick Henry who's out for the season with that, what, broken foot? Yep. If I'm not mistaken, uh, I didn't catch much of that game, so I'm gonna let you take over on that. But it was a, it was a good game. Uh, I think I think the running back for the Titans came in. What's his name? You know, it I was, have uh, names. Ingram Mm-mm, for the uh, the Titans. Yeah, it was Ingram. Nah, for the Titans. Ingram for the Saints. You sure? Ingram's running back for the Saints. The Titans got old boy come from the Vikings. <laughs> we terrible with names. Yeah, God, no what is his name? He played names. running back for the Vikings, the the two thousand yard rusher, Adrian Peterson. Adrian Peterson. Adrian Peterson. <laughs> <laughs> I'm terrible with names. Make sure we donate our brains for CTE, please. Please exactly. donate our brains for CTE. They had Foreman as well. Adrian Peterson ran the ball eight times for twenty one yards. So yeah. nothing special. He got some some tough yards for them though. As he got tough yards, and they they are a good team. Don't get me wrong. The Titans are a good team. I feel like the Saints the Saints turned the ball over and. Crucial situations, crucial situations. But I feel like that. I mean, that's the Titans going to be there at the end of the day. The Saints to me are still, they're still inconsistent, and that's why I felt like Odell should have went to the Saints. Let's talk about that. He should have went to the Saints. Well, they the quarterback playing there for him. It's not so much the quarterback play. Like they don't have anybody there. Like their main receiver. It's not playing. Michael Thomas. Yeah, he's he hasn't played. I don't think he's gonna play this year. He's not. You know, and Simeon, he's not he's not a world beater, but he's not gonna he's not gonna be the reason they lose games. You know what I'm saying? He's not but they need a receiver. They need somebody else that can step in and help them. And I feel like if Odell would have went to New Orleans, for one, he would develop even more because of CJ Johnson. CJ Johnson, the receiver coach there. He was a receiver coach that when I was there. And like I think I told y'all before, he the one that coached um uh, Julio Jones mm-hmm. No it wasn't Julio It wasn't Julio It was um, What's the boys play for the Colts uh, Wayne Reggie Wayne uh, What's the boys play Harrison? for the Titans no, The Titans No the Texans The Texans uh, Andre Johnson Andre Johnson So he coached all those Santana Moss He coached all those guys in Miami He was a receiver coach in Miami for 10 years Oh he does his job then He is the man when it comes to that And then you got Sean Payton is an offensive genius He's going to find a way to get Odell the ball You know what I'm saying So I feel like Odell should have went there I mean Simeon threw the ball 34 times He was 19 for 34, 298, two touchdowns mm-hmm. So he had a solid day Probably yeah. a few too many incompletions, but he's not a, he had a solid day. It was a lot of drops. It was a lot of drops, you know. So that's why I say he's not a world beater, but he's solid. Mm-hmm. He's solid, especially in the offense they're trying to run. I just feel like it'd have been a better fit if Odell would have went there. You know, I was really, I wanted to see Odell go to Green Bay. You know, I wanted to see him go play of uh, opposite side of uh, Adams. I felt like they would both would have benefited from that. I don't know if, if Green Bay was a place for him because there's so much crazy stuff going around with, around Rodgers. Mm-hmm. You don't know if Rodgers is going to be there next year. More than likely, he might not be there next year. So why go to a place where you don't know what the future is going to be when it comes to the quarterback position? Because not saying that he's a – if he was a mediocre quarterback, up-and-coming quarterback, then you make that decision, okay, mm-hmm. do I want to go play for this guy? Kind of like Simeon. Yeah, that it, makes sense. He's a younger guy. He, he's a younger guy. You know he's there. But when you got a Hall of Famer at the quarterback position and you don't know if he's going to be there next year, I'm not coming there. And then I'm going to Green Bay. We talked about this before. Who wants to go to Green Bay? When you can go to L.A. When you can go to L.A. 
We can go to LA. I, I, the weather, no brainer. He's already done that New York thing, mm-hmm. and it kind of worked out perfect for him when they're going to LA because shucks, Woods got hurt mm-hmm. in practice. And I mean, I feel like Odell has that personality that where he's going to extend his uh, big earnings outside of football mm-hmm. in a city like LA. Yeah, you know what I mean because of the marketing part. And then you got LeBron co-signing you and all of that. I mean, that's LA fits him. And, and don't get me wrong. Don't get me wrong. L.A. has some good points. They have a a good quarterback, which he's playing a little inconsistent right now in Stafford. But they have a great young head coach that's, yeah. that knows his thing when it comes to offense. Uh, Cooper Cup catching a ton of balls, which that's where I didn't know how was Odell going to fit in with Woods and Cooper Cup. I didn't think it was enough balls and to go around. And it timed out with uh, – well, it worked out with uh, oh, buddy getting hurt. So, I mm-hmm. mean, I hate that, but – and then I know it's kind of we was talking about the Saints and the, and the Titans, but if you jumping into the Rams, the Monday night game, the Rams looked bad last night. Like <laughs> that was like bad football. Hey, they lost thirty-one to ten, man. It, it was pretty bad. It, it, it was bad. I mean, they rushed for fifty-two yards. That's not going to help you win. Uh, they had what twenty minutes less possession of the ball. Which goes back to I mean that time of possession thing. I mean we gotta we gotta harp on that time of possession mm-hmm. thing. A lot of people don't think about it, but the 49ers had the ball for 39 minutes uh, to 20 minutes for the Rams, and the 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 49ers have definitely underperformed this year for what they should have been been doing. Mm-hmm. You know Garoppolo's always hit or miss. You never know what version of him you're gonna get. Uh, he went 15 for 19. Two touchdowns, 182 yards, which is a solid day for Garoppolo. But 15 for 19, that means they were controlling everything. And then if you look at it a little closer, I feel like if Odell would have known they're playing ball like this, I don't think he would have went there. Because a lot of times you can only tell if a team is going on a skid, Mm -hmm. if you're actually on the team. Because you're in the meeting rooms, you see the stuff that's going wrong, you see all the things you got to correct. But if you're on the outside looking in, all you're doing is looking at the record. You're looking at the players they have. You don't really see Highlights. that. Yeah, you don't really see what's really going on within because if you look back at it, they just got beat uh, by the 49ers 31-10. The week before, the week before, the Titans came to them and beat them 28-16. to So they haven't scored over 16 points in the last two games, in the last two weeks. You know, so I feel like if Odell would have known that this team was starting to play like this, like they hitting a little skid right now, I don't think he goes there. But he don't know it until you get there because last night they looked bad. I think he went there for L.A. Must have. I think he went there for L.A. Uh, Ultimately, they're all in. I mean, you saw the defensive pieces that they have, Mm -hmm. but you wouldn't expect them to give up so many points with that being the case. Um, you look at Matthew Stafford's number, he was 26 for 41, 243, one touchdown to two INTs, and I feel like they also fumbled and lost the ball. Um, the 49ers absolutely outplayed them. Mm-hmm. They absolutely got outcoached. Uh, the, the Rams got outcoached. Mm-hmm. Um, 49ers earned that game. Cooper Cup had him a day. They had 11 catches for 122. He killing it. And I feel like he is He's going to be one of those guys that's going to be top five receivers as well. You know what I mean? There's always... Like he's, he's number be, one right now. He might as well be. No, he's number one when it comes to uh, receptions and yardage. Yeah, his receptions is crazy. Yeah, he's number one. He, so, if he stay at this pace, he may get 2,000 yards receiving this so year. So, ultimately, they need to get a run game. 
The exactly. running game is the difference. I mean, when you sit there and look at a 20-minute difference in time of possession, mm-hmm. the 49ers managed that game extremely well. It reminds me of how Alex Smith ran 49ers. The way they managed the clock. Mm. Yeah, I pulled that one out of nowhere, didn't you I? You did. I did. I was like, reached up in the you cloud did. and got that. Okay. You know what I, mean? I said, I, I do what I do when yeah. I can. You know what I'm saying? Okay. But, but I really feel like the 49ers are still hit or miss. Mm-hmm. You don't know what version you're going to get. They're mm-hmm. four and five right now. What do you got? Uh, seven games left. Mm-hmm. Six, eight, seven, whatever like it is. That. Eight games left. But they have an opportunity to turn their season around if they can string out a couple victories in a row. And get over that 500 mark. And I don't necessarily know their schedule moving forward, who they have left to play. But I really feel like the 49ers, with the win like that and how they were scoring, were able to manage. They have a base to work off of next week. This thing worked the other night. Mm-hmm. How can we duplicate that again? I mean, Garoppolo had a good day. He didn't mm-hmm. get sacked too many times. I think he got sacked uh, one time. In the past, it was multiple times a game he was getting sacked. Mm-hmm. He got sacked once. Uh, they only punted three times. Penalty yards can still come down, but that time of possession and managing that clock and rushing for close to 200 yards, you know, like you say, if you rush for 200 yards, you're probably going to win. You're probably going to win. And I'll tell you another example. I was talking to a good friend of mine who was watching this game at the same time, and they said, because I was talking about how the 49ers, would the 49ers win this division? Mm-hmm. You know, I think the 49ers are coming second. I still think the uh, the Cardinals going to win the division. Mm-hmm. 49ers will be second. The Rams will be in third. Uh but they made a great point. They said if if the 49ers was playing like this and their record wasn't what well, they're five and four now, what are they? Four and five. They're four and five. If their record wasn't three and five before this game and it was five and three, you really would believe in the 49ers. Correct. But because their record is what it is, it's kind of like can you really believe in them? That's what I said. It's hit or miss. You're, exactly. You're gambling. Yeah. You're gambling. I mean, obviously 49er fans are, you know, argued that they're Moving in the right direction, but you know, I have a good buddy of mine, Maurice Patterson, mm-hmm. who's somewhat of a rival to me in the semi-pro world. You know okay. what I mean? I don't know how much of a rival. I mean, he's what? He's lost four out of five times we played. That's not a rival. It's not really a rival, no, right? No. But mm-hmm. he's a good friend of mine, so yep. we're gonna just treat it like a rival. Like we didn't say that. <laughs> not to mention my last two championships was beating his team. But uh, <laughs> you know, it is what it is. But he 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 will harbor, he's the one that wanted us to discuss the 49ers game in depth, I guess. But ultimately the 49ers. They could build off of this. The Rams need to figure it out before it goes downhill. Mm-hmm. You know, if they don't, then they're going to squander a great opportunity. And everybody in the media has been talking about how they're all in trying to make this push for a Super Bowl. And uh, losing to a not-so-good 49ers team, 31-10, to 10, isn't looking good. And it hurts not then for the Rams not to have Woods anymore, too. That's true. They got to try to build that continuity with Odell taking his spot versus working with him, now he has to replace him. Mm-hmm. And you saw the miscommunication uh, that they had early on in the game. And I'm pretty sure Odell, a lot of these offenses, can you explain to the people how a lot of his offenses and terminologies are somewhat the same to mm-hmm. a certain extent? Can you go into depth on yeah, that? Yeah, so when it comes to learning the offensive playbook, a lot of times you're going to run kind of the same route concepts, or it might not be the exact same but you understand once you learn an offense, an NFL offense, you kind of understand what teams are trying to do mm-hmm. playbook wise. So when you see a certain play on another team or their playbook and you look at theirs, maybe we called it apples for the Saints, but the Packers may call it oranges. Okay. You know what I'm saying? You know, can I put you on the spot? Yep. Can you call a play? 
I want to hear what a play sounds like. You know, so, so a lot of times, so with me and my semi-pro world I'm in, a lot of times I go a little bit too far in depth on a play. My mm-hmm. play will last long, and they be like, what? Mm-hmm. You look at him in their face, they're like, what is he saying? Yeah. So if you were to hear a play, what does it sound like to be in the huddle if a quarterback comes in and calls a play with the check with me that also checks to a run play at the, the, the look? What would mm-hmm. it sound like? So let's see. So if, I, if I'm in the NFL locker, not locker room, but in a huddle, Let's say Drew Brees could come up and say, I'm going to give you two plays. I give you three plays. One play got two in the same thing. So he could say, gun right, matter of fact, not gun right. He could say, pro right, 36 power, X bullet, kill, 35 balls. So what he just gave you was a pass play at the line. Oh, hold on, let me, let, me, let, me, let me back up, let me back up. He gave us a, a, a counter. He gave you a running play to the right. And then he kills that and flips it to the other way. Yep. So I gave you a running play to the right, and I gave a bullet on the backside. A bullet is the X is running one-step slant on the backside. So if, if, the, if it don't look right, it's we can throw that always throw the little bullet on the right backside, now. and nobody knows. Yeah, and nobody be downfield or nothing like that because it's a quick throw right exactly. now. Exactly. Mm-hmm. But if it doesn't look right, then we'll kill it. And run the same play to the opposite side because sometimes they bring that safety down. And that's why you say boss because it's back on support. Back on support. So now we'll just flip it and go to the other side and run boss. Or if you're doing a pass play, it could be gun trips right, wide stick, tosser. Gun okay. trips right, wide stick, tosser. Trips right is uh, the tosser. We say gun stick right, wide stick. That's a stick play to the right side. Uh, that is more. That's gonna be more of your zone beater. Mm-hmm. And then if you ain't man to man, you still got two slants. Tosser to stand for two slants on the backside. And if they go going man to man, then you look to take advantage of the slants on the backside. You know, so you got a, a zone beater to the the front of the play, and you got a man to man beater on the backside of the play. Uh, so that's what it'll look like for this pass play. I can't wait till we get the visual so you can write all of this out. <laughs> now, I know a lot of that stuff too, but obviously you got more experience with it. So, you know, moving on, let's talk about these power rankings. Yep. All right. So we had a couple changes in this this week's power rankings. We're going to try to switch up each week for the different uh, entity posting their power rankings. We used Washington Post this week. It has the Tennessee Titans at number one, which they were last week's. They were number one for on the Washington Post as well, sitting at eight and two. I agree with this. It's, it's kind of hard not to. They're winning without their superstar running exactly. back. Um, and I feel that this Titans, it says the Titans have six straight wins, include five in a row over playoff teams from the last season. So they beat teams that played in the playoffs last year. Five of the six wins in a row that they have were off former playoff teams. So mm. that's pretty solid. Tannehill is managing the game extremely well. Um, he's escaping when he needs to. And um, the other fact, they even play without Julio Jones. So... I mean, right now they have a formula that's working for them. Now, did not Vabral come? Where did Vabral come? uh, What's his name? Andy Vabral? Mike Vabral. Vabral came from where? Vabral came from the Patriots. So does he He, have it figured out? He played under the the Patriots system. Does he have it figured out? Did he transfer that system to Tennessee? No. No? You don't think so? He he may have took some stuff there, but Vabral's just an old school player. Like, Mm -hmm. why do you think we never... And this is for everybody. Why you think no one ever comes at Tannehill? Like he need to get out of there. He's not a good quarterback because he don't have to do nothing. I'm not saying so I'm not going. <laughs> I'm not discredit him like that. But he don't have so much of a big job that he has to outscore teams with his arm. 
when you got a run game the way they have a run game. True. You know what I'm saying? So that's one reason why. Have you ever heard the media talking about get rid of Tannehill? Just have you ever heard it lately? No, no, not really. And you can't argue it sitting at eight and two. That's what I'm telling you. Like he's never Tannehill to me. I just never feel like he's really been on the hot seat when it comes to his position because he's great at what he does. He does a great job of managing games. And when he has to make a play, he make the play. But they got a great run game. And that's what they lean on. Mm-hmm. A good run game and good defense. So that's why I feel like the Titans are exactly where they need to be at. And I think they're going to be where they need to be at the end of the season. I agree with you. And, you know, number two, they have the Green Bay Packers sitting at eight and two. Last week, they were ranked number five on Washington Post. So now they're up to number two. And it makes a good point. They still haven't lost the game since the opening week with Aaron Rodgers at quarterback. Nope. Uh, so that opening week, and then they lost the other game with Love. And that was a tight contested game against the Chiefs that they lost mm-hmm. the previous week. Um, I agree with this. You know, and Aaron Jones, his knee injury, the starting running back, is uh, not a major injury. So he'll be back. And then you still look at A.J. Dillon, who came in and ran for two touchdowns in the fourth quarter, and the defense is playing extremely solid. Mm-hmm. And now you're going to start factoring in those home games with that weather, which is normally on their side. For real. You know, if you're from that area, which I, there's no way I would want to ever do that. <laughs> but, you know, I, even me as a fan right now, like we were talking about potential bowl games down the road, I'm just like, I'm not going unless it's indoors. True. You know, it's somewhere. Yeah, it got to be really good. You know. Yep. Moving down to number three, Dub Boys, Mike Dallas Cowboys at seven and two, which were ranked uh, seventh previous week. You know, they got Dak back, and I like that as well. Um, Them being at number three is 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 pretty uh, pretty good. I mean, they say he knocked off his rust. Uh, from the previous game, threw for 296 and two touchdowns and beating the uh, Falcons. And they were able to actually to take him out of the game and put Cooper Rush in the way they beat the Falcons. So mm-hmm. that saves him a little bit and gets Cooper Rush a little bit more experience down the road if they need him yep. again. Um, then we go to the Arizona Cardinals, who are 8-2, and two, who were ranked number two, but they took that L to uh, Cam Newton and the Panthers, so that kind of knocked them down. How do you feel about the Cardinals moving forward? I mean— I, mean, I, I still, I'm still confident in them, but I feel like they just got a couple of hiccups. I don't know, and the reason why I say that is because with the Cardinals, they didn't have their starting quarterback. Right, he didn't play last week, and also DeAndre Hopkins, he didn't play either. Mm-hmm. Uh, then you got JJ Watt, he's not playing. You know, so I, I get the injuries and stuff like that. I get they don't have their main guys. But it's some teams that didn't have their main guys either, and they still managed to win. Right. So I feel like— They're too deep isn't as strong as other teams going further into the season. Yes. So do I I feel like the Cardinals are going to win their division? I do. But do I feel like they're going to go deep in the playoffs? I don't know. I don't know. I feel like they'd be one of those teams that you expect so much from them to— Literally crap the bed when it's really time to play. Yeah. You know, so Tampa Bay Buccaneers are six and three. Last week they were number three. They're now at number five. Mm-hmm. Um, I agree with this. They have well. a little bit of a defensive issues. Um, and offense is not necessarily putting up big numbers. And, you know, obviously Tom Brady threw, uh, what, two interceptions in the first quarter mm-hmm. or the first Something half? Something like that. You know, which is uncharacteristic of him. And, um, they had some drops that didn't help the situation out. But I feel like the fact that they're veteran-led mm-hmm. in all, almost all positions is somewhat of a veteran presence, mm-hmm. that they are that team that will step past those Cardinals, that can beat the Cowboys, that can compete with Green Bay, and probably will lose to the Titans. 
<laughs> you know, but all those teams that are in front of them on this power rankings right now, I feel like they would either beat or to go down to the fourth quarter. And and by them losing last week, you know, I think Washington Football Club, I bought to call them the other name, Washington Football Club, I think they always play Tampa Bay close. Last year during the playoffs, that playoff game was a good playoff game, but Tampa Bay kind of took off on them at the end. Mm-hmm. But that was a good playoff game. So you just, when it comes to Tampa Bay, I just never, I would never, never bet against Tom Brady. You know, no matter Chris, how they looking right now, yeah. I feel like he's going to figure it out some way. Some type of way. Mm-hmm. Much respect to Washington to end that game with a 19-play drive yeah. and run 10 and a half minutes off the clock. 19-play. The old lineman had to be tired, boss. Everybody tired. Everybody was look, tired. Look, everybody, look, I'm telling you something. Everybody <laughs> think them 19-play, them 12-play drives, them 13-play drives, 14-play drives. Oh, that looked good. But guess what? When you out there doing it, oh, my God. <laughs> I can go back to experiences like when we, when we would go back on offense after the other team punted mm-hmm. and we'd be backed up within, like, the five-yard line. Back in my mind, you know, don't tell nobody this, but it's, I'd be like, man, I just hope we get like five, six yards and punt this thing back. <laughs> like, you see, we got to go 97. <laughs> we got to go 97 yards unless it don't hit quick. But I'd be like, the coach be like, inside run, left and right. I'm like, God. But that's when you need them hitters, them them home run hitting running backs. That's yeah. like the Jamal Charles I told you mm-hmm. about. It don't matter where we got the ball at. We felt like if we just give him a little seam, mm-hmm. he up out of there. You know, you know what who doesn't get enough credit? Darren Sproles. True. He doesn't get enough credit for how many home runs he used to hit by being yeah. able to squeak the ball out to him real mm-hmm. quick and Throw then a little take screen. it. Man, he's going to give you 20, 25, and it's going to give you that space that you need, you yep. know? But I definitely hated those. I'm like, man, Lord, we got to go 98 <laughs> yards. No. Like, between the very first play of the game, the very first drive of the game, mm-hmm. and that adrenaline's going, you feel like you're as tired as you finished the entire game. Mm-hmm. And then those long drives to set up, you're just like, man, you come out that huddle, you look down, and I'm like, bruh. <laughs> We got to go that far. But, you know, it is what it is. But we went to the power ranks. We got the New England Patriots sitting at number six. They're six and four. Last week they were number nine. Mm -hmm. They're a team that's definitely on the rise. Um, T-Cop has definitely mentioned that every single week that Mac Jones is going to, you know, the the, the ad itself says, I mean, flat out he can play. Yeah. And I feel like he's ultimately going to continue to improve himself. Now, you got Kansas City Chiefs sitting at seven, mm-hmm. at six and four. Last week, they were number 10. Mm-hmm. They're trying to save their season. Mm-hmm. Yep. And I feel like they might be able to get themselves back going to the Chiefs of, I ain't going to say of old, but the Chiefs that we were used to the past three seasons. Mm-hmm. I think they're going to show back up. I mean, Mahomes threw for 406 yards and five touchdowns. That's what the people are used to seeing. Mm-hmm. But they got to understand that this is the National Football League. Mm-hmm. Eventually, people are going to pick up on some of your stuff. Eventually, people are just going to outplay you, and you're human. You're going to have a bad day. Yep. You know, uh, it happens. You know, um, Baltimore Ravens, they're sitting at number eight. I felt like they should have dropped, dropped further than that because True. I feel like they've steadily been on a decline. Mm-hmm. And I don't think they have nothing against Lamar, but when you blitz him and you can get him rattled, and in those field conditions, you're going to stop him. Yeah. You know, number nine, we come in with the Los Angeles Rams, seven and three. Obviously, they feel good about. Adding Odell Beckham, but they also lost Robert Woods, who's Mm -hmm. a a person that's already in their play system and their offense who can actually do an extremely good job. So we got to see how Odell grasps their offensive concepts. I think they should got kicked out of the top ten. I I agree. With the two losses they just had, they should be kicked out of the top ten. I think the only reason they stay because they're number seven. They have seven wins, I mean. Yeah, I get it. The only reason I say, I mean, you're sitting there talking about moving a six and three or six and four team above them, and they're sitting at seven and three. So Mm -hmm. I feel like that's the only reason they stayed there. Um, 
And then you got what your guy, which is Allen and the Buffalo Bills sitting at number ten. Last rank, last week's ranking was number twelve, so they're sitting at six and three. He's not number my guy. 10. He was your guy. At one he was point my time. guy. I, I, I used to, I used to say stuff a certain about him, but he's not my guy. You done backslid on that. Yeah, he's what not did my he do guy. to you? You know what? I think I was just on the hype train. You're human. Yeah, it I was on the hype train. Is this you know? a bandwagon? I'm not a saying bit? he's a bad quarterback. Don't get me wrong. I'm not saying he's a bad quarterback. And it may be because I ain't seen him play in a little while. You know, but he's not my guy. <laughs> Matt Jones is your guy. I like Matt Jones. Okay. I'm not mad at that. I'm yeah. not mad at that. So, you know, that's the Power Rankings Top 10 uh, as of right now from the Washington Post. Guys, you can check it out and read up underneath some of their ads that they have. Um also, moving forward, we're going to have a question that I want to put out there that I want people to comment on the page or send us the emails to the, the War Room ENC at Yahoo.com. The AFC or the NFC, which side is better right now? Man, that's a good question. You know, the NFC has a lot of bad teams. Let's talk about some teams in the NFC. Let's look at this power ranking. Who's in the NFC on this power ranking? You got Dallas. You got Green Bay. You got Arizona, you got Tampa. But everybody outside of the top people yeah. are awful. That's so true. So these records, if you're not one of the top people, I mean, you sit and look at it, you'll have the first place team, and then everybody else is just bad. Yeah. I don't know, Biggie, who you think? I, don't, I mean... I don't, and the reason why I said, because I just don't know about any of these teams because the way these teams are going is you just never have teams playing so. Are teams playing more inconsistent now? Are they playing inconsistent now? Or is it because every team is a good team now? And so. That's a good way to put it. And so it looks like teams are playing inconsistent, but in all actuality, all these teams are pretty good, and it's really any given Sunday. You know, I like that, and that makes it good football. Yeah. You know, I'm going to go with the any given Sunday thing, people, yeah. except for if you're the Texans or the Jaguars. True. You know, so you sit and look at the AFC South, you have a one-win team and a two-win team. The Colts are a 500 team, and the Titans are 8-2. and two. You look at the AFC North, you have a five win, three five-win teams and a six-win team. So that's really tight. Mm-hmm. The AFC West, you have three five-win teams and a six-win team. Mm-hmm. In the AFC East, you have a two-win team and a three-win team. And two six-win teams. And you go over to the NFC side, you have the NFC East, the Cowboys seven wins, you have a four-win Eagles, a three-win Washington, a three-win Giants. Look at the Cardinals in the NFC West, you got an eight-win Cardinals, a seven-win Rams, a four-win in the 49ers, and a three-win Seahawks. The NFC North, you have an eight-win Packers, Vikings are four wins, Bears three wins, and the Lions zero wins. Mm. Um then you have the NFC South. You have the Buccaneers with six wins, Saints with five, Panthers with five, Falcons with four. That's a tough race right there, that last division. Yeah, so you're looking at it, and yeah, I'm, I'm agree with you. Yeah. Any given Sunday. Yeah. Except for those teams that are really, really bad. Yeah. The one wins and the zero wins, two wins, three wins. But it's any given Sunday, so it makes for, as a fan, outside of your team, but as a football fan, mm-hmm. it makes for a very – Interesting Sunday, Thursday, Sunday, and Monday night every single week. Mm-hmm. So I think that's a good thing for football fans, especially coming off of what we dealt with with the the COVID year last yeah. year. It made it, it's a feel good feeling to see, you know, you really don't know who's going to win. Yep, you know. Um, but we will move on to our question of the day with Mr. T Cobb, and we're going to say this: 
What is the favorite team you played for? I felt like we've hit it on the head, and I have an idea, mm-hmm. but I want you to explain exactly the favorite team you played for. And if, if I'm not mistaken, you played for the Saints, Cowboys, Ravens, and Chiefs. Mm-hmm. Did yep. I get that right? Was that, was that in the right order? It was Cowboys, Cowboys Saints. Saints, Baltimore, Chiefs. Okay. I, I was close. <laughs> All right. So, so my answer for this is it may not be what you think it's going to be because my favorite team that, that I played for was every team. You were playing. Yeah, I love playing for every team, but it all depended on where I was at mature-wise, maturity-wise. So when I was when I was young, playing with the Cowboys, New Orleans, look, I'm going to tell you something. When I was with the Cowboys, <laughs> we had, I, I can't make it up, we had, because we played on Sundays. Monday we came in and we'd watch film, conditioning stuff. Tuesday was our day off. Monday nights, Man, we used to be in the strip club just chilling. We used yeah. to have meetings in the strip club. <laughs> I'm, a, I'm a young guy what, coming was, in. Was it DGs? <laughs> DGs? What do you know about DGs, man? Don't, don't come for me. You yeah. know about DGs. <laughs> D- Dallas Jones, uh, it was a $2 Tuesdays, man. Oh, what do you mean? Yeah, I know. What you know about DGs? Okay. Mean, everywhere like her, man. I used to do some traveling, yeah. brother. Well, look, so I used to love Dallas. I was young with a lot of money. That's why I felt like... Oakland, not Oakland, but uh, Las Vegas Vegas was going to have a tough time keeping those young guys in check because I knew who I was when I was young, Mm -hmm. you know, and I didn't do a lot of crazy stuff, but I'd done enough, Mm -hmm. you know what I'm saying, when I was younger. So when I was in Dallas, I enjoyed Dallas. When I was in New Orleans, I enjoyed New Orleans. I loved the people. Uh, I loved the team. I just loved New Orleans. But again, I was still young and still. I mean, you speak highly on New Orleans. When we talk yeah. about it, you say you just love the people down For there. For real. So, but I was still young doing what young people do. A good time. And, yeah. And then when I got to Baltimore, Chuck Sick Tower was coming up every weekend. As he should. So you already know. I already know how that was. You already know. <laughs> but, <laughs> but, but when I got to Kansas City, I was more mature because you think about it, I played in the league for 10 years. So I got in at 22, 21 and I played. So I was 32, mm-hmm. 33. You know what I'm saying? So I was in the league for that long. So just maturity wise, I grew up. And as I got older in the league, maturity wise, I grew up. And that's when I became more of a family guy. When I got to Kansas City, uh, we was just doing more family things, more family oriented. And my mind wasn't on the same things I used to do when I was younger. Yeah. So it all depends on where I was at maturity-wise. But I loved everywhere I played. But I was just different everywhere I played. I feel like I want to take a trip with you to all these places and have a good time. <laughs> we ain't got to do nothing crazy, but just I want you to just, 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 just go. Yeah. You know what I mean? I mean, yeah. we start off with Dallas. How about that? We'll do that. You know, we'd, 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 let's make a trip for, um, in memory of Tyrone Winston Bell, let's exactly. take some trips and go back, then, back in time and relive some Man. things, you know? You know, um, the other question was, I guess for me, was how was it like playing arena football? Yep. And I played in the what we call the real arena football, the arena one, the one that you actually see on TV where you had teams like the Philadelphia Soul, the Cleveland Gladiators. And, you know, it was actually on TV. It was probably the most fun football I've ever played. Wow. Explain um, that. You got a 50-yard field. You're indoors, so temperature is never an issue. Mm-hmm. Weather is never an issue. You're out there playing same time frames, but literally one play scores all the time. Mm-hmm. Today's football is offensive base, right? Yep. 
Arena football has always been offensive. Always. Mm-hmm. It's never been more than that. I mean, you're talking sit, hut, be uncomfortable for two seconds, and it's a potential <laughs> touchdown. You know what I mean? Yeah. Then the fan interaction, you're right there, you're running into this wall, and the fans are like able to touch you like right then and there. You mm-hmm. know what I mean? Yeah. And at the end of every game, they allow the fans onto the field, no matter what, to, to get autographs and to interact with the players. So, yeah. um, it wasn't NFL money, but it was better than the average job money. Mm-hmm. Um, funny thing is Matt Nagy, who's the coach for the uh, Bears, was my quarterback. Wow. And I think Matt made like 150 Yeah. In four months. Yeah, I take that. Yeah, you know, And they pay your rent. I take that every day of the week. They pay all your bills. <laughs> yeah. You know, you go in at 8 o'clock, you eat breakfast, you practice, you breakfast, film, practice, you're out at about 11.35 in the morning. Mm. And they give you lunch and a case of Gatorade to leave the building. And if you want it, they give you they get you a job with the ownerships, whatever business that the ownership has. Mm-hmm. And our owner was a um, uh, part owner of the Columbus Blue Jackets, mm-hmm. which is the hockey team, the NHL team. Mm-hmm. And he was Jermaine Auto Group, so he had so many car lots. So mm-hmm. if you want to be a car salesman, as soon as you got a practice, you can go sell cars. Yeah. And guess what they do? They funnel guys to you. To wow. sell cars. So you're out there making three to four months, 60, 70, 80, 100,000 dollars from working eight to 12. And yeah. then they're going to give you another job <laughs> on top of that to where you actually can work 12 to seven. Yeah. And you still have the same amount of energy. And you're in a, co- well, for me, I was in a college town where the Ohio State Buckeyes were at. Okay. I lived in a college, like, apartment complex. So mm-hmm. you're right there. We're still young. If you want to do whatever you want to do, party and all that, you could. Yeah. But, Technically, you're like rich compared to these college kids, and yeah. you're like a year or two older than them. You mm-hmm. know what I mean? Yep. So, you're. Uh, it was so much fun. We played on top of a, a ice a hockey rink. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, as a big guy, guess yeah. what? The heat never got on us. <laughs> so, when I finished that season, I actually had an opportunity to go to Dallas Cowboys for training camp because Flozell Adams, who was the tackle, big was hurt. Oh. I turned it down because I was like, "There's no way I'm going from four for four months being inside." To Texas summer heat, and I'm gonna survive. I wasn't gonna make it. You know what I mean? Like, I was just like, and then I wanted, they weren't gonna give me any money to go. So mm-hmm. I was just like, I'm not going to just take some of Flo's reps in practice yeah. for $1,000 a week. I'm not doing that. I'm gonna go get this job and, and yeah. come back to Greenville and whatnot. But playing arena, I would have played it for the rest of my life if I could have. Because it was that much fun. Like, I wish there was an arena team in this area. Because so many guys that are talented that leave ECU or or now you got Barton and Chawan and all these places, it give them an opportunity to extend their playing true, career. True. And uh, you won't make a bunch of money doing it, but it's just fun. Like yeah. I mean, it is too much fun. So, you know, again, any other questions that people might have or any topics you want us to discuss, please email the war room uh, ENC at yahoo.com. So let's jump on ECU, okay? Yep. Real quick. We're gonna hit ECU. Gotta hit East Carolina. Which they became bowl eligible after beating uh, Memphis thirty to twenty nine. Mm-hmm. Um, how did you feel about it? I'm excited for these guys, man. I'm excited for them. I'm excited that we put Coach Ruff into the Hall of Fame, even though I'm not superstitious. But I feel like that curse done got up off of us now. It's like it was holding us back. Like <laughs> that has something to do back. with it. I'm telling that you, has something to do with it. I ain't now, mad at it. But this team is a good team. The coach we have in now is the coach that we need. He's really has turned this program around. Mm-hmm. If you think about, it, we done been on three, on two, three game win streaks. So yeah. we went, we won three games in a row earlier in the season, and then we just won our third game in a row again a little later in the season. So 
they're playing good ball, man. They're playing real good ball, but to go up there to Memphis and beat them the way they did in the over well, I don't know if it was over. It was it, it was, was overtime. overtime. It was overtime. In overtime, you know, for us to get that six win because Memphis was fighting for it too. I mean, yeah. Memphis trying yeah. to get that six win as well. Mm-hmm. They had five. Yeah. You know, so it won't like we was going to play a Memphis team that didn't have nothing to fight for. So I just love where we at as a team. I love the fact that these guys just stuck together and, and listened to everybody in the locker room and not so much people outside of that locker right, room. Right. You know, so I'm excited for them. It was an emotional moment for me, man. man. I ain't going to lie to you. Like, okay. I didn't cry. Yeah. But I just felt like I was just like, man, I'm so happy for these dudes, yeah, man. Like, Because it's like you get tired of speaking negative. You get tired of bash them. And then that's our, it's not our job per se to bash them. It's our job to speak what we see. Yeah. You know, and you see what you see and you know what you know. But it's one thing that we always said is you're not in the locker room. You're not on the practice field. You don't know exactly where they're at and how they're doing. We don't ever know that stuff. Yep. So, um, holding others just to run through the numbers is 29 through four, 29 for 46, three thir- 313 and two interceptions. Mm-hmm. Keaton Mitchell was 17 carries for 81 yards. Raji Harris was 20 carries for 69 yards. That's 37 carries between the two of them, which we didn't have crazy numbers, but mm-hmm. we were very close to 200 yards. And what did we say? If you get close to 200 or 200, you have a strong chance of winning strong the game. Strong chance of winning it. Uh, we were 189 to their 108. Penalties. We only had three penalties, which is another great thing. But you ready to hear this time of possession? What's that? You ready to hear it? Ready to hear it. You sure? Yep. <laughs> you sure? Yeah. This is like one of the craziest things I've ever seen. Hey, let me hear it. 42 minutes and 47 seconds for the Pirates. 17 minutes and 13 seconds for the Memphis Tigers. That's crazy. That's insane. That's crazy. Time of possession. I almost feel like of. this is wrong. Like, I almost feel yeah. like where we look this up at is not right because that's just crazy. The game yeah. should have been. I mean, we had 500 total, 502 total yards of offense to their 341. In all actuality, we actually were 18 for 26 on third down. Dang. It was not supposed to be this close. No. What do you think happened? I had no clue. So it leaves me <laughs> stuck with how good are we? Yeah. Because we should have beat them by 20 points. Unless we given up explosion plays. I mean, that's probably what it was. Yeah. That's probably what it was, which we did. We did give mm-hmm. us some explosion plays. Um, a couple long touchdown receptions and runs and stuff like that yeah. for the, the for the Tigers. But and it's a hard place to play too because the is. fans are right there on you. Mm-hmm. The sideline is, I mean, it's right there. <laughs> like it's speaking of arena, it's arena in a big stadium type yeah. deal. It's you very on top of you. Yep. Know? Now I posted on the War Room Podcast Facebook page about the bowl projection, which put us in what was the New Orleans Bowl, mm-hmm. and I feel like that's December twenty something. I can't remember what it was and. How do you feel about us playing in New Orleans, if that is the case? I think New Orleans would be a good place to play. I was thinking hopefully we go to Hawaii, uh, because I've been hearing that as well. Uh, We may go to Hawaii. So I think New Orleans is a good place to play. I think it would be a good good experience for the kids. Uh, That's one thing I was telling my son. When y'all go, man, just enjoy it, because you don't get a chance to go to bowl games. You know, I don't ask you enough questions, but I sent you a picture the other week of your son in the huddle. (laughs) It does something for me. When I see him because I know him. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? And I yeah. know how such of a good person little T is. Like, I, I know it, he's man. such a fantastic kid. Like, what does it do to you when you see him? Man, it's in your number at that. It's it's emotional. It's very emotional because I know what's going on in his head. You know what I'm saying? I know what's going on in his head, and I I just know what he's going through, period. You know, but for him to be out there and 
wearing my number. It's his number now. Because it's his number, exactly. It's his number. It's his number. Um, and kind of just doing his thing, man. I, I just, it's emotional. And, emotional. And when I see him, it's like I get this big grin on my face. Like if I just run into him, he's like, what's up, Big E? What's yeah. up, T-Man? Boy, before college. And he's, and he's a good kid. Like, like when I say he's a good kid, I'm not just saying it because he's my son. He's a real good kid. Like when we go buy him, we go buy him clothes. You know, he's, mom, dad, thank you for buying me this. Thank you for buying me clothes. Thank you for for paying for my food. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? He's so humble and so respectful. And it's like, just want the best for him. That's it. That's it, man. That's I'm telling it. you. I, I, I agree with you wholeheartedly. He's not mine, but I've known him for a while. And to see him turn into the young man he's turning into and how he's continued to progress and the sky's the limit for little T, man. And I appreciate I, that, I, I man. I look forward to seeing what he does, man. It's exciting. I mean, Literally, I'm just like, yeah. yeah. Like, I mean, I mean, I mean, when I saw that photo, I was like, yeah, Miss Screenshot, yeah, this I appreciate and this that, to you right now. I was like, this is it. You know, but, you know, that wraps up today's show, man. Again, yep. uh, we are open to any suggestions, my people. So mm-hmm. please, the War Room ENC at yahoo.com. Send those. The War Room podcast. Uh, look at us up on Facebook. Then also on any of those streaming iHeart, Amazon, Apple. Mm-hmm. Um, all those different podcasts. It's the War Room Podcast and ECU Podcast. Look those up. Subscribe to them so that way every week you'll get the update when a new episode is cleared and it's, it's posted online. Um, we're also at art19.com. You can find mm-hmm. them on that. Believe Network as well. You know, the show again is brought to us by Bet Online. Get out there and bet some money. I know somebody won 19 grand last week betting. Ooh. I also know somebody that lost eight grand last week betting. But hey, <laughs> to each his own. I don't got it to do it. So, you know, thank you to all the listeners for listening. T Cop, you got anything? Uh, nothing at all, man. I just appreciate everybody listening, like you just said. Please share it, subscribe, follow us, ask questions, give us suggestions. Fred, happy birthday. Also give a shout out to my boy Raindrop. His birthday was the previous week. He's also a listener. And, you know, speaking of that, last thing I'm going to say before we go, former players hitting us up about the show makes my day. So Chris Moore, one of the best linebackers to play at East Carolina, hit me up and wanted to have a conversation how the emotions of us getting to that sixth win, Mm -hmm. these young men don't know what they're doing for us old heads. True. They have no clue. True. Like, if I could have hugged every single one of them, I would have just because we get, like, I ain't cry. Mm -hmm. But my eyes (laughs) might have started to sweat a little bit. Maybe a little bit because I want these dudes to be so great and I feel like they have the potential to be. So with episode 12 wrapping up, I'm Big E. This is T Cop. We out of here. Look forward to you listeners sending us your suggestions. Take it easy. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.